Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/spoken today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. This is an emergency tennis podcast. It's taken a few days for us to get it to you because we've been so busy with other things. David, of course, is the media director of the Aegon Championships just around the corner. I've been presenting coverage of the Aegon Open from Nottingham for Eurosport, but we're obviously very aware of the news that has broken a couple of days ago in the tennis world, the pretty seismic news about the two-year ban that has been handed down to Maria Sharapova for a doping uh, violation. I'm just going to fill you in on the details of the case, on the details of the judgment uh, as we see it, because I, I personally have read through that judgment fully, the 33 pages of it, I've read through it twice. Uh, so I, I just I just want to be clear uh, for the listeners on what the findings of that are. Obviously, we've boiled it down to uh, as, pithy, uh, as pithy a take on it as we can, but we must make sure we get the facts straight. So the tribunal was ruling on the following three subjects. Number one, whether Sharapova deliberately failed to disclose her use of meldonium on doping control forms. Number two, what steps Sharapova took to ensure that the substances which she was taking were not on the prohibited list. And number three, whether Sharapova took meldonium for medical reasons or to enhance her performance. So, the tribunal on those three subjects found the following. On the first subject, they found that Sharapova, in fact, admitted during the hearing that she did not disclose her use of meldonium on any doping control form, which she completed between 2014 and 2016. Furthermore, the tribunal found that her actions constituted a deliberate decision to keep secret from the anti-doping authorities the fact that she was using meldonium in competition. On the second point, the tribunal found that the contravention of the anti-doping rules was not intentional. Now, that that right there is, is the crime of comfort that Sharapova and her lawyers, etc., are holding on to. It says the contravention of the anti-doping rules was not intentional, but Sharapova does bear sole responsibility for the contravention and very significant fault for failing to exercise any degree of diligence, let alone utmost caution, to ensure that she did not contravene the rules. And on the final point, point number three, the tribunal found that whatever the position may have been in 2006, that, of course, when she originally states that she took started taking meldonium, it says there was in 2016 no diagnosis and no therapeutic advice supporting the continuing use of meldonium. The tribunal found that the evidence inevitably led to the conclusion that she took meldonium for the purpose of enhancing her performance. Now, David... <laughs> 
Sorry for the uh, the rather long-winded and lengthy introduction there, but I think it's important that we get the facts straight. That is all direct quotation from the tribunal's finding. I do I do uh, advise any any listeners that really really want to get clued up on it to read read that judgment in full. I know it's thirty three pages long, but it is really meaty and it really does give you the full picture of what has happened in this case. And uh, besides that one crumb of comfort that I drew your attention to. There's not a lot of hiding places, are there, for Maria Sharapova? No, and I have to say, I, I was quite shocked by the, the level of detail in in that report, in the findings, and I mean, as you said, 33 pages long, and it it did not leave a stone unturned in it. I think the things that surprised and shocked me the most, if you think back to the podcast we did about the subject when the the story first was revealed, I, I was tending to to give her the benefit of the doubt that she was going to be uh, having taken this for medical reasons and had just got her dates all mixed up in terms of uh, of not keeping on top of things and she'd made a terrible clerical error almost in not keeping across the ban list well the fact is that that certainly is the case that's why she's got banned but the big shock to me is that she appears to have withheld the the information that she's been taking this on a regular basis for reasons other than just medical reasons and that i i find that a disappointment that she has not been honest about that if that is the case and that's the evidence that has been found that is really disappointing for me yeah, I think you've draw- I think you've drawn attention to a really significant feature in the case because, of course, there will always be uh, there will always be two sides of opinion on this on on the fact that, okay, yes, let's leave aside 2016 for the moment. Yes, from 2016 onwards, the taking of Muldonium constituted a contravention of the rules. But before that, the tribunal very clearly has found in fact it uses the word you know inevitable conclusion it says she was taking this drug for performance enhancing purposes this is an independent tribunal we have to accept its findings yes maria sharapova is appealing and uh, upon the verdict of that appeal we will do another another podcast and we will bring you our thoughts you know subsequent to that but at the moment this is the verdict that stands and this is the verdict we have to trust so we are accepting the facts within the judgment so it says inevitably their conclusion is that she was taking this drug for performance enhancing purposes now there are those that quite legitimately would say that you would be a fool as a professional top level athlete to not be doing everything within your power and within the confines of the rules to enhance your performance you would be a fool not to and there are plenty of 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 perfectly right-thinking people that I know that feel that way. There are also plenty of perfectly right-thinking people, and I have to say I align myself with this camp, uh, that feel that, you know, it's not too much to expect of people, elite-level athlete or not, to respect the spirit of the law and to act in good conscience. And I know to some that might sound like quite woolly reasoning, but, you know, morality can be quite woolly at times you know it's 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 not in sport as in life it's not a cut and dry affair and i think what centuries of civilization and and you know competing interpretations of the good you know different definitions and and uh, of of ethics have taught us is that you know we've developed a sort of code which as woolly as this sounds is sort of you have a feeling of what is right and what is wrong. Good people have a feeling 
of what's right and it just doesn't feel right somehow does it that's certainly how I feel I really respect the other side of it and I completely see see where they're where they're coming from and and absolutely she was not breaking the rules until January of this year but it just doesn't feel right somehow David and and that's where that's how I'm left feeling it doesn't feel right to me either but for different reasons I think I, I I don't have as much problem with the with the issue of having used the substance when it was legal and I, I think I do feel that, well, if it's not on the ban list, why should you be in trouble for it? You are going to take any opportunity you can legally in order to be the best that you can possibly be. My issue with it is not being honest about it. If, if that is, I mean, and that, that is apparently the case. I, I just don't see w- why you wouldn't be honest about it. If you're allowed to do it and you're happy to do it, say you're doing it. Uh, don't, don't pretend you're not, because that that is a struggle for for me personally to, to accept. And the evidence laid out is that she took meldonium in the form of mildronate on a number of match days at Wimbledon last year, uh, numerous times at the Australian this year as well. And well, it's it, it's quite clear cut in that regard that that is to enhance performance. Now, ultimately, she's got banned because she hasn't paid attention to this thing going on the band list. So there's no question that that ruling is correct, that she should be banned because she has contravened that rule. And the two-year suspension is the maximum that they could have given her within the confines of it being an unintentional uh, taking of the substance when it was banned. But and I think that that's actually about right. I would say, in terms of the ruling, I think the the tribunal has this is a really important case to to have got right and not to have been woolly around the edges, and, and they haven't been. They've they've delivered a very thorough and detailed report on on what they found, why they found it, and what they're going to do about it. And that's the result. Yes, there will be an appeal, but I think it was an important one for them to to deal with as they have done. I just. I just have a bit of a problem more than anything with the with the lack of honesty about it. Yeah, I completely agree with you and actually there's a real touch of irony to the case what what the uh, what the judgment sets out very clearly is actually she's really shot herself in the foot uh with that element of dishonesty just to quote the judgment a little bit further it says that if she had not concealed her use of meldonium from the anti-doping authorities members of her own support team and the doctors whom she consulted but had sought advice whether it be from the WTA or the ITF then the contravention would have been avoided and that is what gave rise to the quote which is now being really widely quoted from the judgment that she is the sole author of her own misfortune so the fact that she failed to disclose her use of meldonium as a legitimate drug not banned until January 2016 had she been disclosing that then the authorities would have been aware that she would take was taking it and would perhaps have been able to to warn her that was being added to the band list. That was one of her her defense arguments during this tribunal. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. She said, well, they should have alerted me personally. They knew I was taking meldonium. Well, I'm afraid, Maria, they didn't, is, is the bottom line, is the bottom line of the findings of the tribunal. So I think it is a very crucial point you make. A couple, a couple of follow-up uh, articles to, uh, to this case that we must mention, of course, uh, is sponsors' response uh, to the situation. Nike and Head have both announced that they're standing by her for different reasons, it must be said. Nike have uh, simply said, well, you know, she didn't uh, knowingly contravene the rules and that's enough for them to want to stand by her head. By contrast, has said, well, they don't think Maldonium should be on the banned list in the first place, which whatever you think of that stance, it is unquestionably a bold, bold stance for that for that company to be taking. Um, I'll get your thoughts in a moment, David. What, what, one thing that, that really struck me um, about the sponsors' responses um, to to this case was that I I don't doubt, you know, rightly or wrongly, these are commercial enterprises. These companies they are driven by desire to make profit. They they are driven by demand and profit and all of that and I've, I've no doubt they've got the most top level marketeers and data analysts telling them what will generate demand and generate profit for them and I think that pretty much all of their decisions indirectly or directly will be driven by that motivation so the fact that they're continuing to associate themselves with Maria Sharapova for me must either directly or indirectly be based on the assumption that that will continue to generate demand for them. And that really is a reflection on, on us as consumers, isn't it? it as, as, as much as on them as a company, whatever you might think of it, it's a reflection on the world and on consumers, which, you know, it might not be the most salient point, but I think, well, I, I think it's a point worth making. Yes, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And and it will be interesting to see what the reaction is from the consumer in terms of sales thereafter. Because I certainly know of some people in this situation who say, right, well, you behaved in a way as a company that I don't like. I'm not buying your product anymore. There are other people that just aren't worried by that. And therefore, as you say, I suspect the, the companies are, are lining it up and working out which route to take based on which one is going to end up with the, the greater degree of sales and bottom line in the end of it. But it's, um, 
it's interesting, isn't it? Because there were a couple of those companies that, frankly, just delayed until this case had been heard. And, and as damning as it has been in terms of its detail, the ultimate fact that she is not being found to have intentionally broken the rules has has given a couple of the companies reason enough to say, right, well, we're staying with her. And in the case of, of Head, to have gone a, a different route in order to, to continue backing her. And, well, I mean, they they certainly were very strong in their view that Meldonium shouldn't be on the ban list. That, for me, uh, m- maybe they're right. But the fact is, you know, they're racket experts. They're, they're not... Not anti-doping experts, uh, and I think if the if Wada were, were were dishing out advice on on what should go into their next racket, then it would sound a bit strange as well. Certainly does to me, anyway. But yeah, it's another element to just a, a thoroughly depressing case on one level. But at the same time, I'm just I'm just pleased that it has not only detected that she was taking this and that the other athletes have as well but there has been a very clear and straightforward approach to it in terms of judging it yeah i really really agree with you there and and once again i just would urge listeners to read that judgment if you really are are wanting to feel fully satisfied about the facts of this case because it, it really does leave no stone unturned it doesn't when i say pull any punches i don't I don't mean that to sound like I, I think it's completely reasonable and measured and and it's it's not was there any grandstanding in it no 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 I mean not for me for me it sounded like you know, the sort of judgment that you'd get in a court of law you know pretty reasonable you know the although the um the the findings are pretty damning you know they they don't hold back it pulls no punches in the sense that as you say it's completely not woolly it really really gets to the heart of each and every matter at hand in this case um but for me it it's really really reasonable and very very meticulous um and uh yeah that the, you know there's not enough, there's not much you know emotion or 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 woolliness it really it sounds like the sort of judgment that you would get in a court of of criminal law which which is what you want in a case like this i think and um as i say sharapova has stated unequivocally her intention to appeal when she does and when we have a judgment from the appeal we will address that when we get it but at the moment this is the judgment we have this is the judgment we trust and uh, i don't think we have any reason not to uh there is one further final matter to discuss david and that is that Assuming that this ban does stand, assuming that it is not overturned or reduced by the Court of Arbitration for Sport upon appeal, will we ever see Maria Sharapova back on a professional tennis court? My sense is that we will, because I think Sharapova is is a really, really stubborn human being and a very and bloody-minded in in many ways. I, I think if you tell her she can't, she sets out to prove she can. And I think she is very determined to finish her career in her eyes on her terms. And the, that may be taken out of her hands. The fact that she has had so many shoulder problems, the fact that she's 29 now and if she wasn't to have the the ban reduced at all she'd be 31 by the time she came back french open 2018 would be her next grand slam it is a long way away and for somebody who's had by then 14 years of tennis at the very highest level 
in her body. I think it is a, a big ask physically to come back and be at the top level. You often see players when they take a couple of years out. Look at Laura Robson, how long it's taking her to try to come back and, and become the athlete she was before. Maybe Sharapova will never be that, but I'd be surprised if she didn't give it everything she'd got to try to get back out on the court, just to, just to show everybody. Because whatever... whatever we think of the uh, the judgment and its findings and, and our view that it has been a, a very thorough process. She doesn't agree with any of it. And I think she is quite happy to, to go out and, and make a statement and come back on the court still believing that she's completely in the right. Um, so I, I think she'll be back personally. Yeah, I, I, I think she might be back. I think I, I completely agree with you about the stubbornness in her and, and the defiance in her. I mean, if you read her... That's the word I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, if, if, you read, if you read her statement, I mean, f- for me, as a response to the judgment in full, it's a... It's, it's a um, yeah, it's certainly focusing on one very specific element of that judgment and uh, rather ignoring the rest of it. But, uh, you know... You, you, I suppose you have to understand her, you know, her um, her defiance in this matter and her her desire to want to pursue it to to the nth degree to to try and achieve the best outcome for herself that is that is possible. I think just at this moment in time, she probably feels I will do whatever is possible, whatever is necessary to get back out there and to compete at the highest level again. What I just question slightly is whether in a year and a half's time that desire and that defiance might have waned a bit. You know, I'm sure she's not just going to sit by the pool for the next year and a half. You know, who knows what she'll get involved in to try and pass the time and whether those things, you know, distract her and fulfill her enough to, to lessen that defiance and desire her. I think just remains it, it d- d- defines and desire in her. I think just remains to be seen and for, for me that's the only question mark I don't doubt that for the next uh, few weeks and months we'll be here hearing uh, very solid um, and real intentions from Maria Sharapova to uh, to get back out there so uh, I think we'll just have to wait and see we'll have to wait and see what happens at the court of arbitration for sport we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next year and a half but I mean um, whatever happens none of this has been pleasant or positive i mean there are you know there are grains of comfort and we've touched upon those you know it's it's the thoroughness of the process i think is 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 reassuring but you know overall we just hope tennis can learn from this and improve from this don't we sure do yeah absolutely let's um hopefully have happier times ahead in the weeks and months to come of course we will have uh, regular daily podcasts, as you said at the outset of the show, from the Aegon Championships at the Queen's Club. Those will be a rather happier affair, I'm pleased to say. This one has been a, a bit of a downer, but very necessary. What a glorious segue, David. <laughs> On to a happier note. Uh, yes, we will be having a daily podcasts from the Aegon Championships next week, and then a week after that, daily podcasts from the uh, the Championships at Wimbledon. So uh, we're gluttons for punishment. If you're not fed up of us now... You will be in a few weeks' time, but uh, we can't wait to bring you uh, an onslaught of tennis podcasts, so please do tune in. But this this is it from us and our emergency podcast. Thanks for listening.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.